For those of you that may be new with us, I know Jess mentioned uh, this during the host comments, but we've been doing something over the summer called Summer Stories, where we've been inviting folks from our church to come up and share their story with us, their testimony, what God's done in their life. And we've had some fantastic ones so far, and that actually finishes today, uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, Tomorrow I start, but (laughs) next week we will start a study in Galatians together as a church, and that's going to be great. But we're finishing up today um, from hearing from Jerry and Hope Seacrest over here, who are not nervous at all. (laughs) Hope is petrified, actually. So, but we are among friends, right? And, uh, and Jason and Becky Cosby. And so we're going to hear from both of them. As Jess mentioned, uh, they were part of our small group in the, in the spring, and it was fantastic. So I know you guys are chomping at the bit to just get going. Um, and so what we're going to ask first is for you to share a little, and we're not going to have as much time for background as we have the other weeks, because we've got obviously uh, two couples up here, um, but we want to know a little bit about where you come from and what your upbringing was like, um, particularly as it pertains to spiritual things. So, um, Jerry, why don't you go first? Okay. Thanks, John. <laughs> it's a song. If, if my voice sounds like it's shuddering, it's not. It's my wife shaking his couch with, with, the, with the legs. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's very nerve-wracking, but this is an awesome opportunity to talk to you guys about our story and what we've uh, been through recently and what we're experiencing currently. So thank you guys. And uh, I guess uh, my back story, as far as from a faith standpoint, we went to church growing up. I mean, that's just what we did. It was our, our family deal. And we kind of occupied a one mile stretch of a road and it was all our family, like eight houses, nine houses. And we all went to the same church and it's just what we did on Sundays. And, you know, I, I, like a lot of folks, I don't really have a date where I accepted Christ as my savior, it was more of like, he just was. Once I found out that, you know, he died for me and what he had, what he had done, you know, I, I accepted him. I knew that. I didn't really, didn't really, really um, have a walk, though, or a relationship. Um, our, our family didn't pray a lot. We prayed at the holiday meals. You know, it's really the only time we sat at the kitchen table was during a holiday meal, and that's when we would pray. And that was probably the extent of my faith at that time. It was uh, very, very shallow. So, um yeah, it wasn't a central part of my life at all growing up. All right. Hope. Um, do I look at you or them? Wherever you're most comfortable. Okay, I'm going to look at you. I'm not <laughs> comfortable, but I'm going to look at you. Uh, no. <laughs> um, um, I was... <laughs> thanks. Um, I was raised in church when I was young. My grandfather was the preacher. Um, I remember getting saved when I was six um, on a teacher's lap at a Christian school. I was terrified of her, so I said I took Jesus into my heart. But I did love Jesus as much as I could at that age. But um, I was raised in a very fire and brimstone atmosphere, Southern Baptist. um, um, Not a lot of application uh, of what it meant to be a Christian. Um, By the time I was 17... um, my mom and my dad had divorced and there had been another stepdad and a divorce and I would get taken to whatever church the husband was a part of or my friends were a part of and I was really looking for who God was but unfortunately I didn't I didn't find who he was and so I just sort of um, decided I would try it on my own and 
do what my mom had said, which is, you know, I'm not going to buy into Jesus. I'm going to buy into myself pretty much. So. Um, yeah, so you, you both, I mean, you have different backgrounds, but similar in a way in that you were in and around church and at a young age, you accepted Christ at some point, but because faith wasn't like central in your family, as you got older, you just, it wasn't a priority. It wasn't a, it wasn't a way you lived your life or a goal that you had. And um, so we're going to, we're going to fast forward. You guys eventually meet each other and that's where you're at. Neither one of you are pursuing Christ. It's not a priority. It's not something that's at the forefront of your relationship and your, your relationship really suffered. You guys really struggled um, in, in your marriage and that created tension in your family between you and family and step family and all of that because of the issues you guys were having. And Hope, you told me that you felt like at that point, and how old were you? About this? When we met? Or? Yeah, like when you met. How well, we were, like, like, I went to the church that occupied. One of my stepdads was, okay. at, we, we met okay. when I was like 11. When we got married, yeah. when, we, when we were married, when you were 20, he was 23, I was 21. Okay. And then we did it all on our own there for a while. I guess it was like, um, I was 28, mm-hmm. and he was 30, when okay. we really felt like we were, um, there were just some situations that arose in our family um, that um, people were attacking. It felt like it was an attack uh, on our marriage um, from, from our family. Um, and they were using scripture to justify manipulation. And my motive was to get into the word was to prove them wrong. Right. So you, it wasn't from a right. Like I would like to say I was so holy. No, I was very not holy. Right, so I wanted you, to prove them wrong. You're late 20s. You guys have been married for a while. You mm-hmm. you feel like scripture is being used as a weapon against you. Mm-hmm. And so you jump into the scripture mm-hmm. not cuz you wanted to jump into the scripture because you wanted to prove them wrong. Oh yeah, I wanted to fire back. I wanted a weapon of my own. And I did find a weapon, just not the one I expected. <laughs> Do I keep talking? Now? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> okay. I need cues. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, so, in my journey to prove um, this person, these people wrong, what I really found is um, okay. Um, I found Jesus. And for a person who had a lot of um, father figures and never a father, I found the daddy I never had. And I found a community in the Bible study that I found um, and a real hunger to understand who this person that loved me so much was. And so many connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament and like this just alive love story that just was so captivating and beautiful. And God used all of that to pull me into a real relationship with him and to pull him into a real relationship with him and to save our marriage and to to get our family on the right path to raise our children in a way that it wasn't like, if you wanna buy into this religion or that religion, but this is the religion that we are choosing to believe in and we want you to own your own faith. But it gave us so much life. 
So you're going through, you guys are living in Winston-Salem, and you, it was community Bible study that you found, and found an incredible group of people, and diving in, understanding more, really, like, learning what it meant to be a child of God, and who you were, and who, what that relationship was, um, and at that point, Jerry, you weren't there yet, like, you were still pursuing other things, right? Yeah, I was pretty much still about me. Um, at the time, I didn't think it was me. I thought I was about my career and supporting our family. Um, that's what I thought I was doing, and that was my goal. So I was pursuing an MBA while working full time, and you know that, that had its challenges. And, but you know, if I put myself in the shoes that I was in back then, it wasn't just challenges because it was all that existed. That was my focus, and that's what I had to do. Nothing really came before that. Right. So you have this sort of spiritual transformation happening while you guys are struggling in your relationship and jerry you're still focused on the things that you you were focused on and uh don't worry guys you're gonna get your turn i know you're sitting over there just chomping at the bit but um so let me let me i'm gonna just sort of tell a little bit of the story for you what what you told me if i get something wrong you can correct me but you guys are living in winston um you guys are you're you're still struggling hope your mom uh moves to this area, gets married, or gets married again, and she rededicates her life to Christ, and her new husband, her then husband, um, he gives his life to Christ for the first time, and decides that he wants to get baptized, and invited you guys down for the baptism, and so you came, you came down here to that church, begrudgingly. <laughs> um, I didn't believe it was real. Right. Yeah, and so you didn't want to go, but you but you came to to honor his decision and, and all that, and you said you were shocked because the church was so loving to you, so kind to you, and so good to your kids. Yeah. Um, and so you de started developing a good relationship with that church, and then you had foot surgery, mm -hmm. and again things still rocky with you guys. So you decided to move in with your mom for a little while while you recovered. Oh, well. Is that correct? Kind of. It was like two weeks. Okay. It wasn't so, like a move-in. It was yeah, more like okay. a... Stay with work. her. <laughs> she, he's working. You're going to stay with her for a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. So so you stay with her for a couple weeks, um, and you go to this church while you're there, mm -hmm. and you really experience something you haven't experienced before. Yeah. And so you guys, so you decide this is going to be our, this is going to be the church. Yeah, we really, um, we really liked it, and we kept trying to make other churches in Winston work, mm -hmm. but it, it just... We didn't find home like we did here. So um, in the new year, we started making an hour and a half commute from Winston um, every week. So an hour and a half to drive to church. It was before they fixed the highway. It's like it got so it that bridge really yeah, helped they, a lot. Yeah, it, was, it really it was rough did. coming out of Winston, yeah. And we had three kids under the age of five. So there was always like that vacuum of time from 30 minutes from your front door yeah. to the car. <laughs> yeah, that, where does that time go? I don't, I don't know. know. No one knows. There's, there's, there'll be a study done at some point yeah. on that. Anyway, um, so you're, you're, you're making this trip. Um, why? Why would, why would you drive an hour and a half to church? Well, like Jerry said, he, his pursuits were still sort of very different from where I was at that time. I mean, he has always been very loving and wants to support whatever it is that I might be wanting to, to do as far as socially because in his job, he's very social. And at my job, I'm at home all the time. So I need social, but I don't necessarily get it. So um, he, he was getting his MBA. Still, we had three kids, like I said. They were five, three, and under one. And I really wanted community. 
Like, I found it in these, these people and these women and their children. And so I would, he would be doing his MBA, getting his master's, and I would drive all four of me and the girls uh, to life group every week. And I was the annoying person who didn't leave. <laughs> yeah, you'd stay till like 10, 10, 30. Even when Not you had, every time, but a lot. Yeah, sometimes, even yeah. when you had that drive to go back. Yep. Because you were so hungry for that kind of community. Yes. And um, so, Jerry, you were distracted at first, but over time, you got drawn in and things started to change for you. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I was focused on what I was focused on. But, you know, I thank God for, thank God, um, for what he did with Hope and, and, and our children, you know, finding that community and seeing what it, the spark that it provided. Because even because I wasn't the spark of as as far as a leader as I should have been, I, I thought I was. Um, you know, providing financially, providing what I thought you know a father's supposed to do. But uh, you know, once I got involved with a, a life group, is is what we called them. You know, at the church, you know, finding friends and men that weren't afraid to uh, cry in front of one another, weren't weren't afraid to put their dirty laundry out there. You know, not like on Facebook, but intimately, <laughs> intimately one-on-one, you know, and be vulnerable, very vulnerable. This is something I'd never experienced before. I'd never, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy. We're not raised to be vulnerable. I mean, we're just, we're not. We're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to, to lead whatever um, that definition of leadership is. But, you know, you can't do those things without being vulnerable. And once I found that and, uh, you know, it allowed me to grow and it allowed me to see how big that need was in our lives. And it showed me that, you know, leaving, leading a family from a godly position is a lot more than financial leadership. Actually, it's, that's not even a part of it. And uh, it was just so eye-opening. Yeah. yeah, a couple of things you said to me when we were talking that really struck me is this was the first time where you'd really spent time with men who were godly above everything else where that was actually the center of who they were. And you just never experienced that before. Right. I mean, we, they had their hobbies. I mean, they like to do what I like to do, play golf, hunt, fish. But when we did those things, it revolved around God. Not, you know, we were in church. We were thinking about God, not hunting. When we were hunting and fishing, we were thinking about God. I guess that's how I would describe that change. And so you guys started experiencing relationships on a level you'd never experienced before, both individually and, and together, right? Right. It really brought our family together. It gave our girls friends that were of, you know, in, friends that were raised in a godly environment. So, I mean, it was just phenomenal. It was awesome. We, <laughs> we were right at home. Yeah. And, and so you guys actually moved to Rowan County because of the church, right? Yeah, we did. That highway still wasn't fixed, so we decided to sell. <laughs> yeah, that that two-hour drive. I think that's what you said. No, I yeah, no, but yeah, we did. We, um, you know, it was, you know, we were going to church on Sundays. Life group was on Wednesday, and it just didn't make sense. And to really be a part of the community, we needed to be there because it was more than just. I mean, once you, you guys know, once you go to a small group and or come to a church and you develop real community, you want to do stuff on not just Wednesdays or. Sundays, you want to do it Monday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday if you can. It's tough with three kids, but that's what we wanted to do, and that's what we had to do. So we, so we, yeah, we sold our house and, and came moved down to Salisbury. Yeah, and in that, and and in that season, and we're not going to talk extensively about this, I don't think. But in that season, your marriage that was struggling so much began to fuse together, 
in a way it never had before. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the accountability piece that I was able to find with those guys was huge because I could talk about it and they're like, no, it's not her fault, man. That's, that's you. <laughs> you know, they would point that out. <laughs> not, not all of them. Some of them were on my side, but usually, you know, the truth came out. And I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, so. ladies, some of the guys are on your side. Don't worry. Like, some guys will look yeah. at, a, at a husband and be like, hey, this is your fault, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, at first, you're like, they're like, hmm? Then it comes out. But yeah, no, it was, it strengthened our family. And I mean, God really took a central position um, in our family. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that I wasn't up here. I mean, I'm still a work in progress like we all are. Mm -hmm. I might be a little more of a work in progress than some, than most maybe. But uh, yeah, it brought us a long way. Yeah. So you guys got to to a really good spot where you were... You were doing well with each other. You were doing really well in community with your church in a place uh, that you had had never been before. All right, and we're gonna hit pause. All right, on you guys for a minute, and we're gonna start with Jason and Becky Cosby, um, and we're gonna kind of bring you up to a very similar point to, to where they were. So um, let's do the same thing. Let's start with a little bit of background. Uh, Becky, you wanna? Okay, yeah, I thought y'all did a great job. I was going to let them keep going the whole time. But um, <laughs> so um, I grew up in church. I grew up in a great Christian home. That was just what we did. We went to church um, when it was open on Wednesday nights. We ate the meal together Wednesday night. So that was what our family did. We just did that. Um, you know, there was no question. You just went to church. Um, I was saved at seven and just kept going to church you know, checking the box, kind of like what Jerry said. You just did it because that's what you did. Um, did that all through high school, meeting Jason. Um, you know, we'll get into more of that later. But, you know, went to church, but wasn't really even my own walk. I just did kind of what my family did. Um, and then when I was an adult and newly married and, you know, we had our kids. It's kind of like that's when I really started to wonder, is this my own faith? Do I have my own walk with God? Did I just do it because that's what everybody else did? I, I really was trying to figure that out. So I decided as a um, young adult, um, now I can say that young adult, <laughs> but um, as a young adult decided to talk to our pastor at the time, um, you know, what does this mean? I just want to make sure I know for myself that I'm truly saved. I don't want to um, bank on my parents' faith. You know, I wanted to be my own. So talked to him and um, decided, um, you know, he advised that I didn't have to do this, but just felt the need to uh, get saved, to know that I knew in my own heart that that was my decision, and then um, got baptized shortly after. Uh, there's something in your story that I really resonate with, and I think a lot of people that maybe grew up in church or accepted Christ at a young age resonate with because you look back as a, you know, as a 22-year-old, you look back at your seven-year-old self and say, did I really know what I was doing? Did I really understand what was going on? Did I really get saved? And, and, and it's important for us to know that you know, we, are, we are accountable to our ability to understand something, and that's different at seven than it is at 22. And I look back, and I accepted Christ when I was five. And I'm like, did I really understand? Well, I understood as a five-year-old what that meant. It was genuine as a five-year-old. And, and then, but then what happens is over the course of our life, we come to greater and greater understandings of who God is and who we are and what salvation means. And, and so we hit these moments where we question what happened before um, because of the new information or realization that we have. And those are great moments of recommitment. And we need to have those throughout our life where... It, 
it's best probably if we don't question our salvation before and be confident in that. And if you don't have a moment where you're confident that you accepted Christ, you could just take today as a moment to recommit or to make that statement to God, um, but to have confidence. And then when we hit those moments of, of rededication or renewed understanding or whatever it is, to mark that by something is really special. And that could be baptism, even though you don't have to be baptized again, you can be baptized again, or it could be like what we did today. Uh, Taking communion together is our ongoing affirmation of our faith. Baptism is the initial one, and then communion is ongoing. So we hit those moments of understanding, but you got to that point as an adult where you, you know, and anybody that accepted Christ as a child knows you have to at some point have that moment where you're like, this is mine now. This is mine. This is no longer my, my parents' influence or what they wanted for me. This is what I want for me. And so yeah, you hit that about that time. Jason. Last but not least, right? Uh, it's debatable. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought you were going to give me, you know, like a, yeah. a shove off there. Um, <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of the stories we've heard, um, mine, mine kind of mimics that in a way that I was born into a Christian family. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was a Wesleyan minister, had been for years. They had moved all over North Carolina, Florida, different places, taken different churches, um, settled here where she met my father. My father was a Southern Baptist minister. Um, not long after I was born, he went to the seminary, so I was along for the ride through that process. He accepted a church, little little country church in Linwood, North Carolina, just across the river, uh, when I was approximately three years old. Um, I can remember at the age of five, um, an old school like tent revival, sitting on the front row the last day where the, the speaker came in and gave the fire and brimstone message. He pointed at me on the front row every time he pointed, or at least it seemed to me, that if you're not saved, if you don't accept Christ before the end of this service, if he comes back, you're going to be left here alone. Um, and so I didn't want to be left alone. So before the, uh, the invitation was finished, I was down on the front row telling and confiding in my father at the time. Um, he's still my father now, but at the time, it, I was confiding in him that um, you know, I wanted to give my life to Christ. And so we had, we had a talk, and I, I understood the concept of that. I knew that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Um, I knew every Bible story frontwards and backwards because it was ingrained in my family um, from the time that I was born. So I remember that, that, that moment, and that was an important moment, obviously, um, and kind of reflecting on my story and thinking about where things go from here. Um, I think I understood what I did then, but it was reinforced over and over in my life through the different things that happened after that. Um, <clears throat> by, by the age of, of seven, my father had decided he did not want to be a minister anymore. Um, he did not want a family anymore. So we go from living in a parsonage, perfect textbook family, um, to my mom and I being in a duplex apartment just over here on Elm Street. And so I went from my little protective bubble to a brand new world. Um, and a lot of that is why who I am today. Um, those of you who know me know kind of my, who I am, what I do, why I act the way I act. Um, but that, that definitely molded me through my early years. And my mom, you know, being her, her, her family being grounded um, in, in Christ, um, being in church, we, we stayed in church. She kept us in church. And, and church, again, looking back on it, church was always my safe haven. I don't think I realized that a lot back then. Um, but as I've gotten older, I, I, I can see that because of the, the storybook time of my childhood, the, the time of my childhood when things were right, when I had a, a mother and a father, 
um, steady, steady home life, we were in church because that's what we did. And so being able to retreat back to church at different times in my life has um, been my safe haven. And so that, that's kept me in church. And at, at being kept in church, I've been able to grow my faith and, and, and rely on that as other things have happened. Um, my mother remarried. Uh, it wasn't a good marriage. It was an abusive marriage. Through all of that, though, I was able to keep my head down and, and stay grounded in the faith and knowing that Christ, again, much like Hope said, you know, that's my heavenly father. Even when our earthly father isn't there for us, and, and we're imperfect, speaking as a father, uh, we're going to let our children down. It's not intentional, uh, but we're just, we're, we're sinful by nature. So sometimes we don't get it right, but our heavenly father is always there for us. And that's something that I learned and was able to, to rely on. Um, and when I, I graduated high school, went to college, college years early on, you know, out of, out of the house trying to figure out who I was. I did, I did not um, find a church while I was at college, but I would come home and go to church. And, and luckily, I, I met Becky during my second year of college. Um, we started dating. And at that point in time, again, given my backstory, I, I decided if I'm going to be in this relationship, if I'm going to be a husband and ultimately a father, I want to be the one that I didn't have. So we, we agreed together that we were going to found our relationship in Christ and be in church. And we dated for five years. Um, <clears throat> and through all that, we, we would go to my church one Sunday, her church the next Sunday. And, but it was important to us to be in church. We never, through that process, we were figuring out who we were. Um, we were individuals coming together. We eventually got married. And we were just trying to figure out who we were and where our relationship exactly stood with our relationship with Christ and in the church. Um, because we, we were hitting a spot where we were kind of aging and phasing out of the college and careers class, Sunday school class, old school Sunday school class, and into the, the well, there was no young married couples at our church. And so we were kind of at a crossroads at that point in time. All right, so you were going to kind of split in time. Two good Bible teaching churches, yes. um, but you were struggling to find relationships or any kind of community in those churches. We were at, the, at that point in time where we had, we had friends, and then we had church, but we didn't have church friends. So we were, you know, over here, and not necessarily we weren't doing things we weren't supposed to do, but we weren't being built up, and we weren't being made better people by our friends on the whole. We weren't around bad people. But, again, resonating a little bit with Jerry, you know, it wasn't guys talking about Christ outside of church. It was guys being guys, and then you go to church and get kind of refilled or refueled. And so we were... We were struggling with that a little bit. Yeah, and this is, I think this is bringing up a theme we've heard even throughout our summer stories. It's been pretty consistent, actually, week to week with, with people, is, is seeing how discipleship doesn't just happen when you're in a church. Discipleship happens when you're in community with other believers. Amen. And so you can be in a church, you can be going to church every single week, you can be doing all of the things but not growing in your faith or, or not have the support and all that that you need in your faith if you don't have community with other believers within that church body. And so, and you guys, at that point in your life, you're, you're, you're doing that, but you don't really have those connections. You went through some really difficult stuff and just didn't have that support there around you. Yeah, yeah so um, at, like Jason said, you know, we're newly married. We're trying to figure life out. Where do we fit? What what's our, who are our people, like that kind of thing. And um, we lost a baby late in pregnancy, and we had a hard time at that point thinking, do we go back to church? We don't want to be talked about. We don't 
want to answer the questions, like just trying to figure out, you know, how to get through that tough time. Um, and we got invited to a small group, not at a church that we went to, but just at a different church. And so we said, let's do it. And so we went to a small group with a one-year-old who's now 19. Um, so that's a long time ago, but that was our people. Like we did everything together. We, and we were broke. So we actually talked to her about that today. Like activities were the free ones. So parks and things like that. Like, and if one person in the small group went to the park, everybody was invited and everybody showed up. And, you know, I remember sort of like what Jerry said, we sat on people's couches in their houses and we shared true life. And our kids were upstairs. Um, funny story, we've been on a small group reunion this weekend, and we left this morning at 7 with our three kids. Good job that we got out of the um, mountains. And we talked about that, that, you know, our kids were upstairs playing together or taking baths and running around the house in their PJs because none of us wanted to leave. Um, so we have great memories from all those years ago. Um, and that became our family to us. So um, we just live life. We absolutely jumped in and did everything together and that was really important to us um and the vulnerability that comes from sitting in somebody's house and you know sharing true life with people was really important um for us um but after that we ended up going to that church so that small group kind of drew us in and so that became the church that we found together for our family yeah so you found yourself in a really great spot very similar to you guys where now you found community you're growing you're growing together you're like in a really good place um spiritually like i said same same as you guys you just took different paths to get there um but for both of you ultimately you know you found yourself in a transition point uh and uh where you were experiencing that great community but then things changed so um jerry can you tell us a little bit about what that was for you guys and then we'll come back over to you yeah, um, well, kind of what John just said, we just had a couple of uh, things that, you know, life happened, a couple of life situations, and uh, it caused a lot of hurt, and, you know, it was probably, it wasn't just a church issue, it was probably a, a Seacrease family issue, too, who knows, I mean, you know, I don't want to point the finger anywhere, but needless to say, there was a lot of pain and hurt, and it, um, we just couldn't, we couldn't continue on where we were at, and it, and it was heartbreaking. <laughs> I mean, it was it was the hardest thing we've been through as a family. But we got through it, obviously, because we're here. But um, I don't want to jump too far forward. But, yeah, so um, during the pandemic, we decided that it was, you know, it was just too painful to be there. I mean, when we'd go in, we were miserable. And, you know, our best friends were walking by them, and we're not talking to them. And, I mean, they're not talking to us. And it's just like, this is crazy. Not to mention our kids are dealing with the same thing, all three of them who grew up in this church. I mean, they grew up, I mean, it was their family, their community. So, I mean, there was a, it was quite a fissure. Yeah, so we decided to uh, to stop and we stopped. We were no longer in church for a little while. Yeah, it's incredibly painful. Um, and this is, I mean, when, when people think of church as something that they just go and do on Sunday, like it's an event that, you, that I go to and then I, and then, you know, something happens. And it's like, well, I'll just go somewhere else. And then I can just go somewhere else. That's one thing. 
But when you have invested your life into a group of people and you put down your roots and you, in your case, have moved and, and like you, this is, these are your friends, it's your spiritual family, it's your social family, it's like everything in your life. And I know what that's like from experience too. And then all of a sudden that's gone or it changes. It, it, it hurts on a level that is hard to, to describe, you know, unless you, unless you felt it. And so you guys were dealing with that pain and just made the decision that it's time for us to, to move on. Incredibly difficult uh, to do. So, um, so that's so you guys now you're thinking about what's next, right? And you guys ended up making a transition too. So, uh, Jason, share. yeah, we we were attending a church that we joined because of a small group that we were invited to attend before we ever had heard of the church, and we were probably I look back on those years and some. Of, with some of the fondest memories we have, especially with our children being so young and, and kind of growing as young adults and watching our children grow with other families and living life together. <clears throat> Unfortunately, there was transitions in the church, things that we didn't necessarily agree with as a family. Um, we felt like there was some un- instability there. And so as, as a family, we decided that we needed to find a different church um, that was probably better for our family at that point in time. Uh, and in doing that, we retreated to more traditional church. And, and again, as my, my story kind of goes, I, th- I think we ended up there because it was more like what I grew up in. Um, solid Bible teaching, your traditional church, you show up on, you, know, so you have Sunday school, you have Sunday morning worship, Sunday night Bible study, Wednesday night prayer meeting, the, the traditional Southern Baptist church. And, and that was good for us for, for a long time. It's what we needed. We were able to retreat there. Um, in retreating there, though, I think we, we kind of hit a little bit, too, uh, because we were hurt by the, the relationships we lost, and we were never able to recreate that community that we had that we, um, we needed as, as young adults to be shaped and, and our, have our children shaped into the type of, of, of community and Christians that we wanted to be a part of. And so <clears throat> as, as we kind of plugged along there, we, we were as much a part of the problem as, as the fact that we didn't find the church offered similar community that we were looking for because we didn't plug in either. We weren't overly assertive in getting involved. And so, you know, a lot of times, rather than pointing out faults in places or people, you got to look, look in the mirror first and, and ask, what, what am I doing or what am I not doing that's potentially contributing to this situation? Um, again, pandemic hit. <clears throat> we still have these questions. We can't really figure out. And, and Becky, um, you know, she's, she's talking to me and I'm, not hearing it, and she's like, I want to, I want to visit other churches, and I just, I just didn't want to go through that, not, not at, at the stage of life we were in. Anybody who's ever looked or visited, looked for another church or visited other churches, it's, it's extremely hard, um, and I just didn't want to do that. I, I knew where we were was solid as far as church went, but I, I could not neglect the fact that we weren't, we weren't growing, we weren't, we weren't being served, and we weren't serving. Um, we were just there, kind of checking a box again. Pandemic hits, and so I think like kind of we've all, well, some of us have confided, confided in each other. We use that opportunity to live stream and kind of sneak a peek in different churches. and <laughs> see, Everybody see. was snooping in on other churches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. You don't actually have to physically walk through a door so you can sit and watch. And if right. I hear, a, hear a, a word or a catchphrase I don't like, nah, we'll go over to this stream. <laughs> so, um, you know, we weren't asked questions. We didn't have to volunteer. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
But it, it, was, it was a way for us to, to check out other things and, and ultimately rule out places that we didn't want to go. Um, and I don't want to steal your thunder a little bit, but where, where are we at? Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it, I actually think we should stop calling it the pandemic and we should just call it the great shakeup because <laughs> everybody got dislodged from everything and then decided where they were going to settle after that. It's like just shook everything up and everybody landed somewhere else and it happened in churches and it happened everywhere else too, I think, but businesses and all over the place. So, um, yeah, but you, you decided you were going to start checking out other things. You basically, you, 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 the way you put it to me is you felt like you kind of floated for, for almost a decade, just kind of just kind of hiding and not really investing. And you guys came to the realization that you needed to get back to that kind of community and growth um, and sort of spiritual vibrance that you that you once had. And so you started um, checking um, all those things out. Now, one thing that I think is interesting, just to take, take a moment to, to, to bring up, both of you found yourself in that position and started looking for a new church family. And you had teenagers. And that's particularly challenging because when your kids are growing and out of the house, you're, you're making decisions, you know, for your empty nesters. There you go. Like, like they don't have to go along with you, you know. When you have younger kids, get, wherever you go, you just kind of tow them along and they don't really have a choice in it and they go, you know. And, but when you have teenagers, that's a different thing because they're still living with you, but they're making up their own decisions and, and all that. So, so can you just take a second to talk about that element of it when you're looking for a church family and how that relates when you have you know, teenagers? Yeah, I think um, for me especially, I knew I just went along with church. That's what I did my whole life. So um, we knew we wanted different for our kids who are, you know, all teenagers. And our daughter went to college this year. So we started realizing she needs to have her own faith. Like we want them to understand for their own selves what um, their faith looks like, not just because their parents take them to church and they're forced to go, that kind of thing. And, you know, we had had years of that. I went through it myself and they did too, where, you know, do I have to go and that kind of thing. So we knew that that was important for the five of us to show up somewhere. You know, you get all of us, but we want them to want to be there and be a part of it and also to learn who they are as individuals, not just because, you know, we said that this is what we're doing. How about you guys, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, very similar to what Becky said. Um, I would just say that like the thing was it was just a hurtful situation. I mean, it was one of the, like I said, one of the most difficult things we've been through as a family with grown teenage girls and, um, well, two out of three are teenagers. But uh, and just just wanting them to be have what they had, but they're going through this transition where they've lost so much. And it was a ton to us. I can't even imagine what it was for teenagers and for a 11 year old. I mean, it's, you know, it's their world crumbling. So we wanted to make sure that didn't happen again. So you have to be careful. You don't want to jump in and, you know, and hope that, and, and then grab on and then lose it again. Or you don't want to push them into something that they're going to end up running away from. So it was just a couple of the big issues on our minds doing that. Yeah. So eventually you guys both found our church family. Um, Hope and Jerry, you're friends with, uh, close friends with Keith and Chrissy Callahan, um, who had just connected with our church pretty recently. And so they, they invited you over. Okay. And then you guys, we didn't mention this earlier, but that group that you guys were in many, many moons ago, we were also in and, (laughs) and it was awesome. And so we've known you guys for a long time. And, um, so you found out that this was, um, going on and, um, 
and it was a little little nerve-wracking because we it's been a little while since we've hung out, talked, whatever, and, you know, time passes and you wonder, well, where do we stand, you know? Like, what is this relationship like now? And um, you guys got over it <laughs> and, and showed up, and, and it's been great. You said um, in the... Um, circle up that mm-hmm. you can't really sneak in, mm-hmm. but we thought we were going to sneak into this yeah. church, and yeah. it didn't yeah. really. We work. were joking earlier before the service because uh, we had all of the all of our team members come in here. Anytime we do a new song, we have all the team members come in before the service and sing the song with us and learn it, and it's just a good time before people go to Carolina Kids and hospitality and wherever else they're going um, to to learn and hear the new song and sing together. And um, so there were only a few people in the room, and then while while we were getting ready to start the song, everybody rolled in late. Um, and we said, oh, you know what? You don't get to sneak in here because the entrance is in the front. <laughs> so, so when you're late and you try to sneak in, you're right up in front. Um, but yeah, you guys thought you were going to be able to just kind of sneak in and, and you can't do that here. It's one, of the, it's one of the things about us. We really don't want to let anyone remain anonymous for very long. Um, and we want to draw you into the church family. And so you guys took that, both took that first risk, that first step to be a part of something new or to check something new out. So talk uh, just a little bit about what that was like and what, what drew you into this church family. I think um, sometimes the, the hardest time to make a move or the hardest part of making a move in life is, is that initial step or that initial jump. And you always hear people talk about stepping out or walking out on faith. And that's a great catchphrase, and people use it in the testimony all the time, and it's real. But until you actually have to do it, it's, it's extremely hard. And so, as I said, Becky really was, she was really pushing, and she was kind of like the, the spearhead of this. And I'm, I'm thankful for that because, again, I, I was retreating into tradition, safety, what was, what was comfortable to me. And, and as a Christian, you don't want to be comfortable. You want to be challenged. You want to grow. And so um, we had been invited to this church on a, in a couple of different conversations with different people and it kept coming up and and Becky was like I really think we should try and and it was really for me it was one of those things where I was fine like okay fine we'll go you know we'll go so first Sunday after New Year's I said let's let's go we so we showed up and you know we were greeted with open arms as we came in the back door I mean I don't I don't know who was more shocked the people seeing us come in or, or us by the reception we had um, but it was it was a great experience uh, we, we went home, and, and, and our, our boys were with us. Um, Jason was, a, was back at school at that point in time. Um, but, and we all talked, and we wrote home, and we said, like, we, we really enjoyed the service. We really enjoyed the worship. Uh, we felt welcome. And it, it felt like this could be home. And, and we made that commitment at that point in time. If, if we were going to be here, we were going to jump in with both feet. Um, I don't know that we had a choice. But Just to give you a choice. <laughs> we, we were going to... <laughs> so shortly after I was I was in, I was uh, <laughs> we we were we wanted to be a part and and we had the opportunities to be a part of 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 different ministries here and so we we've done that we've and everybody our kids have even served in different capacities since we've we've been here and committed yeah you guys have jumped right in all right and hope what about you guys when you when you showed up um so we showed up um, and the first week, there was the connection card, and I'm a little bit scared of connection cards sometimes just because of past experience. Um, people showed up at our house. I've had that happen. So that was scary. Ooh. I was by myself. I've had that happen. Um, but um, so it was the day before my two oldest started high school last year, 
and they've been homeschooled their whole life. We were in a huge transition. We were starting that, changing churches, you know, do it all at once. Um, and um, so I sort of overshared probably um, on that connection card. I don't think there was a blank space. And um, no, I could have. Um, I didn't used to. But um, I received a really great real email from Jess, who gets thrown on the bus up here a lot. But um, I'm, I'm going to be your favorite. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but it was very real, and I felt so um, valued and heard. And I don't want to say I felt like I was home, but I felt like she could be a piece of home because just I felt so safe to share my heart, that it wasn't going to be used against me. Instead, it was going to be prayed for, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of that's the way you build family or spiritual family. It's not like um, I'm here and I'm in this church and now this entire church is my family. It, although it kind of is. I mean, it is in a broad sense. What you do is you kind of grab onto pieces. You grab onto people. You create a connection here and a connection there and a connection there, and it feels safer and safer and safer and more and more comfortable and more and more like home, like a, like a spiritual home where the kind of home where, where we're, we're safe and we can be ourselves and we can grow and we could, we could make mistakes and, and learn and be expanded and, um, be useful and all of those things. And that's something that just sort of builds over time. And I I do think that oftentimes people who are in transition or or looking for a new church family, they walk in and they expect it to be everything all at once. And that's just not the way that it works. It's something that you build. And some people just build that faster and some people build that slower based on their personality or based on the kind of effort that you put in. And so I would just say that to everybody who's here, if you, if you are new with our church family and you're, you're wanting it to feel more like home, it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes, it takes um, saying yes to some things and being vulnerable and opening yourself up and, and taking chances. And that's, that's kind of how all relationships work. You have to take a chance to open yourself up. Um, and so you guys have been through that. And um, so I want to ask you a question. This is actually when we were all sitting down and talking and Jess, you really should, probably should have been up here. But um, when Jess, Jess asked this question. I thought it was a great question of, of each of you. Um, when do you feel like it did, this church family started feeling like home to you. Why don't we just go kind of start with Jerry and come on down. It's on. Okay. Um, I think it was a few things. I mean, uh, at first, it was, we were real hesitant about small groups. It's like, there's no way this place has a small group. Like, well, we've experienced before. These humans are different. But um, that obviously wasn't the case. Um, so like Jess said, we're her groupies, and we are. That, that small group was just the Welches led it. Um, amazing people, as you all know. Loving people, great people. Um, I wouldn't say that then. Now, after being with them, I, I truly know it, even though everybody says it about them all the time. And just everybody in the group was just so kind and so open and vulnerable. And sorry, I keep repeating that word, but they were. And they were, and people listened. You know, it was a great just uh, it was a great social interaction where people actually listened and provided feedback and it was a back and forth. It wasn't just one person talking. The wisdom was incredible with John and uh, Dennis there, but also with Keith, Keith um, Callahan there and, and Jason and some other folks that 
would come in. Um, but I don't know. Just the wisdom was incredible. The, the social interaction, the, just the people part of it was incredible. And I knew right away that we'd found something special again. And, uh, yeah, and then just lastly, I mean, my father passed away unexpectedly. It's, it seems like it was yesterday, but it's been a couple months now. But <laughs> when I got home after going through that at his house, Jess was in my driveway after midnight hugging my wife, <laughs> running her fingers through my 15-year-old's hair, who's not here right now, because she's the one we're just praying will show up on Sunday. But she was there, and she didn't have to be. And she could have just been there to be there, like church leadership is kind of supposed to be. Well, so much more than that. She was there lovingly on her own accord, um, just loving us. And that's special. It's really special. Yeah. She said, it was late, and she said, she said, told, told me what happened, and then she said, I got to go, and then I just saw a dust cloud. That's all I saw. <laughs> what about you, Hope? Emotional. That makes me emotional. It's your fault. Um... What was the question? I can't remember now. I got so distracted. Oh, um, well, it's it's still feeling like home. I don't, it's not really um, the church, like this church. It's the, the people that I'm making connections with. Um, where we were before, I really elevated the church, the actual place, to a place that it didn't belong. Um, what I did and who I served and how I served was how I felt loved. Um, I think being a child of, of divorce sort of makes you that way in some ways. And um, so when everything happened in our transition, God really was knocking me off that, um, that place of idol worship and a, a building versus his church and the body that he wants us to be in. So um, with each connection that I'm making with different people, he is making it feel like home. Like that, this, this is home, but if it's not home forever, these people will still be home because they are a part of the body. It doesn't have to be CFC or nothing. It's the people that he brings into our life, the people that we're supposed to love and love us back and be accountable to and intentional with. Um, that's that's how it feels like home, not home to me. I, that listen to that, okay? Because and this is this is so important to me personally. Even when we when we started the church, starting this church was less about starting any kind of organization, and it was just about gathering together a group of people that were going to do something together and we needed the organization in order to do that in order to well organize but the organization the name of the church the logo the brand the all of that stuff that only exists to be a vehicle to create what actually matters and that's discipleship and community relationships growth in Christ and you can do that sort of within the within those parameters but 
You don't have to. And it's more, it's personally, it's more important to me that you have Christian community than it happens in one of our groups or one of our teams or whatever. What's, what's important is the, the thing that God wants for you. And what God wants for you is to be transformed into the image of Christ and to have brothers and sisters around you. And if that happens through the, the, the organizational stuff of the church, that's cool. That's great. That's an honor. But if, it, if it's not, it's the same. So what makes this, and we kind of talked about this already, but what makes this place home is not being attached to the brand or having the sticker on your car or doing what the church tells you to do. It's having those relationships with people, and that should absolutely transcend the organization of the church. I, I think it's just one of the biggest, biggest problems with the church in the world today is that so much effort is put, or so much attention is put on the organization as the thing, and that's wrong. And so we're trying to fight against that, and so I love that that's the way that you're, you're connecting with, with the church. Um, so, Becky? Um, so for us, when we walked in that first Sunday after New Year's, um, and I mean, I typically will be extreme one way or the other, so I was kind of all in right from that um, moment and um, quickly went to the women's group and really just enjoyed that. I enjoyed surrounding myself with people that built me up, but that challenged me, kind of like what Jason said earlier. That's so important. And we're in different seasons in our life now. I mean, our kids are much older, but it felt like we immediately had back those same types of connections where you live life with other Christians, not just showing up at church. So it felt really good from the beginning for me. And then as a couple, um, we started coming to the same small group and met Hope and Jerry and you guys and Dennis and Laura, but Jason's a basketball coach. So um, we were late coming. We about talked ourselves out of it because the season hit right in the middle of a busy time. And we could have very easily talked ourselves out of it. But like you said earlier, John, we had to just decide we're going to be intentional about this and we're going to show up. And um, and it felt great from that point, I would say, too. And just the connections it that has happened really um just beautifully like through the Lord putting people in our lives and then I also was thinking as y'all were talking if you join a group and find your people whatever that looks like it's great like we eat great meals together you're always having somebody that says hey let's go out or let's have a girls night or let's do this and it just feels like you know home for us in that sense that we're living life with people that love us and that we can love Well, I can honestly say that um, this started feeling like home when uh, one of our small group members delivered tater tot casserole to our house. <laughs> it had an amazing cheddar cheese crust on the top. It was, it was really good. Um, but no, those are the type of relationships that, that you gain from groups. Um, but Becky said, she was, she was all in initially. I'm skeptical by nature. Look, my, both of my parents are on their third marriage. I don't believe anything sticks. You gotta prove it to me, right? So I'm skeptical. I keep people at arm's length. I'm told I'm, I'm not approachable. I'm kind of a scary-looking person, but I don't think so. I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. But I was definitely skeptical. Becky jumped in, and, it, and I could tell she was finding what she needed. And so that was important to me. Um, but our, our schedules are busy. We fill it with so much stuff, and it's just stuff, um, whether it is basketball practice, which when you're in the middle of basketball season or if you're a coach in the middle of any season, that's the most important time. But as I've matured as a, as a Christian, as a husband, as a father, as a coach, you can't replace 
time with, 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 with Christ, time with your people, with the other stuff, because then the other stuff doesn't matter. There's no fulfillment in that. It's just empty. And so you have to be intentional. You have to make time. So if you're going to be a part of a group, you got to put that time on your calendar in, in that spot of the week, and that's what you're going to do, and everything else has to fall around it. There are things that happen that you may miss a time here or there, but what I thought was beautiful about our group is sometimes if I wasn't able to go or if another spouse of another couple wasn't able to go, the other spouse that was free still came, and that's not common. That's how safe and how um, open we became within our small group, and I think that that's what you look for, those types of connections. So it's hard to make that initial jump, but you've got to be intentional about doing it. And um, you know, I'm really glad that we have because it's, it's, it's where we needed to be when we needed to be there. Yeah, it, everything, everything changes when you open yourself up to the full life that God has created you for. When, you, when you're willing to, to be vulnerable, when you are uh, willing to be honest about what's going on in your life, when you're prioritizing the relationships in your life that you know are going to move you forward in your faith, versus other relationships that are going on in your life. And when you give yourself over fully to that, rather than, Jerry, you said this about, about the guys you met at the, the other church. They were the, there was the first time that you met, you met men who were godly above all else, I think is the way you said it, or godly above everything else, where it was clear that that was, the goal of their life was to be, was to be faithful. And so that colored all the conversations and everything that you did. And until we... When we give ourselves over to those kinds of relationships and that kind of life, it's incredible. I don't know quite how to describe it, but how everything opens up, how everything just becomes more colorful, more vibrant, more um, uh, fulfilling, more uh, safe, more comfortable, all those kinds of things that happen when we have that kind of community. And I know that, that both of these couples are up here because they're, they're praying that all of you have that. And if you don't, that they could encourage you to find it, to take the initiative to go and get it so that you can experience what they once had and then lost and then now have regained. And we, we've been through the same thing, so, so we understand too. And so what a great encouragement to us um, to wrap ourselves in that community and the life because that's where the best discipleship and growth in Christ happens. So thank you both for sharing your stories with us today. Can we thank them for coming up and braving the couch? <laughs> All right, let's take a moment. I want to pray for you guys. And as you continue in your journey with Christ, Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, drawing us together as a family. We thank you for every single person in this, in this room, everyone who's a part of our church family that may or may not be here today, um, and what you have brought them through and what you're walking through with them, how you've given us each other to learn and to grow and to challenge each other, to support each other and care for each other and, and, and bringing people to be a part of our church who are committed to doing that in their own life um, so that that is who we are as a church. We thank you so much for that. Father, we thank you for our salvation as we took communion together earlier. Thank you, Christ, for your death on the cross, your body given for us, your blood shed for us, uh, that by faith we can be saved. And to know, Christ, that you rose again on the third day, you're alive and well, you're returning one day, and we're looking forward to that day when you will rule here, and we hope that that is today. And so we thank you for all that. And as we wait for you, we will walk together. And so thank you 
for the Seacrease and their commitment to you and what you have taken them through and where you're taking them in the future. We thank you for the Cosbys and all that you brought them through and where you're taking them in the future. And we ask God that you bless both of them for their willingness today to share with the church and take a risk to do that. And Father, we thank you for all that you've done today as you brought us closer to you and closer to each other. To you be the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.